Hello and welcome to the LDS study session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. Today we are moving on to episode 203. We're going to continue our study of the Come Follow Me study for this week. Uh, we are on December 16th to December 22nd, covering the story of Christmas. Uh, and we are still in the section entitled, Jesus Christ condescended to be born among us on earth. Found in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25 chapter 2 verses 1 to 12 and also in Luke chapter 1 26 to 38 and Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 20. As explained yesterday these verses cover a lot of the Christmas story and how the Saviour came to earth and condescended to come to earth uh, in the form of a child as a baby uh, and take upon him flesh. We learned yesterday in the podcast and if you didn't listen to yesterday's I do recommend that you do listen to that first uh, about who the Saviour was uh, before he condescended to come among us on earth uh, and to make that step to live on earth. But today we're going to focus on the why. Uh, and obviously, you know, as members of the church, we'll be very familiar of, of the why, um, particularly uh, why he came to the earth. But it's very important to be able to reflect on this and what this means to us. Um, one of the, the scriptures that's mentioned in the manual, which I had a look at, uh, was Luke uh, chapter 4, <coughs> verses 18 to 21. And this is a, an experience where the Saviour has actually uh, grown up, and he hasn't yet started his ministry, but he, this is one of the accounts uh, that indicates how he began his ministry. It's one of the times where he started to make himself known as what was to be a Saviour. Now, he's in the, uh, in the synagogue, and he is um, on the Sabbath, and he's passed the scriptures to read. Um, and so he opens the book where it was and, find, and finds the place where it's written this verse. Um, and it says in verse 18 to 29 of Luke chapter 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He have sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty therein them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So we see here that the Saviour, similarly to how we might do uh, on, in a sacrament meeting, has got a scripture, uh, he, he's gone up and he's reading the scripture, um, and then uh, in verse 20 it says, And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Now, what's important to remember here is that at this stage, this is nothing particularly different or out of character of what you, that would be expected in the synagogues at this time. Um, Jewish men would go up, read scripture, go sit down, and then be expected to, you know, give explanation to what they believe, you know, this is talking about or why this is important to them or, you know, some insight uh, from this scripture. Uh, similarly to how we might do in an elders call or, or release society lesson today you know we'd read a scripture and be asked to give our thoughts on it uh, and so this is what's happening here but then of course the savior uh, being the savior of the world and knowing that his ministry is to begin says this in verse 21 and he began to say unto them this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears basically saying in this verse where it's talking about how there would be someone that comes with the spirit of the lord to preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, and so on. This day, I'm here. This is this is me that it's talking about. Now, that would be similar to someone reading a, a scripture about the Saviour in in a in one of our churches today. And then, you know, when being asked, also, what are your thoughts on that? Saying, right, well, 
it's me, you know, it's talking about me, the scripture, uh, which of course, um, well, today would cause uproar, I'm sure, but of course then also caused uproar. Uh, and then actually in verse 22, just to carry on a little bit further, uh, one of the words that they say or the phrases they use is, is, this, is not this Joseph's son? Uh, in other words, you know, we know you, you know, we know that you, you grew up from nothing, from uh, a baby and that you, you were raised by that carpenter. You know, we know you, you're not, you're not a, 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 our saviour. You're not going to save us from the Roman captivity, as it were, at the time. Uh, you know, what are you talking about? Uh, and actually, it, it gets quite heated uh, as, as the experience goes on. What's interesting is what the saviour says, that he is there to heal the brokenhearted. There isn't actually a mention here of specifically what he would do in sacrificing his life to perform the atonement, but that he had preached the gospel, healed the brokenhearted. But when you think about it, all of these things that he mentions of healing the brokenhearted, uh, preached deliverance to the captives, recovering sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, all of these things indicate and point toward the atonement how spiritual wounds and sufferings and even physical sufferings would be paid for, would be felt by and would be succoured by the Saviour through what he would accomplish, his mission in his life. Obviously, he went and did teach and he did and physically give miracles and do acts of kindness and service, which we learn from. But his main mission was to, of course, perform the atonement, um, which he did do and which he was able to do uh, in being able to perform um, that atonement, he was able to then go and continue and carry out those things he, that he said he would. Um, in a talk given in April 2015 uh, called Latter-day Saints Keep on Trying, um, Dale G. Renland said this, quote, God's desire that Latter-day Saints keep on trying also extends beyond overcoming sin. Whether we suffer because of troubled relationships, economic challenges, or illnesses, or as a consequence of someone else's sins, the Saviour's infinite atonement can heal even, and perhaps especially those who have innocently suffered. He understands perfectly what it is like to suffer innocently as a consequence of another's transgression. As prophesied, the Saviour will bind up the brokenhearted, give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. No matter what, with his help, God expects Latter-day Saints to keep on trying." Close quote. And that's a very interesting insight, I think, because often when we we have things that happen to us and we look around and see others who we perhaps feel are not trying as hard as we are, uh, kind of sailing through and not having some of the trials that we have, we question and say, why are we suffering with this? You know, we're, we're innocent. Why why are we being given these, these trials? And why is life so difficult when we're doing all the things we're meant to be doing? Or we try and do the things we, we're meant to be doing. But of course, you know, the most innocent person on the earth had to suffer everything. And that was the saviour, and yet he did it. Uh, I mean, he he indicated that he would rather let the cup pass if there was another way, but he was willing to do it uh, because of his great love for us. Which leads us on to the next scripture I looked at as to why he came to earth, and that was John chapter 3, verse 16, which we currently have uh, written up. We have a uh, a little whiteboard, which we write, we write a little um, stu uh, scripture quote, or a, a general authority quote from the lesson that we're looking at for this week, for Come Follow Me. And this is the one that, uh, that my wife chose, which I thought was just, it sums it up perfectly. And it's a well-known verse, but it's one worth sharing uh, with the story of Christmas on our minds. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
I mean, it's a well-known one, uh, and it is. It does really encapsulate the why of why the Savior came to Earth. But I do want to look at one final one, uh, which uh, again just indicates the importance of why he came to the Earth. Uh, in Third Nephi chapter seventeen, verse twenty-four. Sorry, said that completely wrong. Other way around. Twenty-seven, verse fourteen, of Third Nephi. Uh, it says this, and this is, of course, the Savior speaking to the Nephites after he has performed his mission. He said, And my Father sent me that I might be lifted up upon the cross, and after that I have been lifted up upon the cross, that I might draw all men unto me, that as I have been lifted up by men, even so should men be lifted up by the Father, to stand before me to be judged of their works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. Um, the Saviour makes it possible for us to be brought up to the presence of the Father to be judged. And of course, this judgment is a, uh, for some people, it can be quite an apprehensive prospect to be judged of our works. But I think that sometimes we think too much of the worldly view on being judged. You know, when I think of being judged, I think about, you know, working as, as a school teacher, you know, being observed in my teaching or having my books looked at or something like that and being given a judgment of, on how well I'm doing. Whereas we know that our judgment will be more of a look at a look at the person that we have become, the individual that we are becoming, and that we have become through our di di diligence and our use of the atonement in our lives. Um, and of course, this is this is a blessing because, of course, if this doesn't happen, uh, if we didn't have this lifting up from the Christ to be brought to the Father, then we wouldn't be able to return to his presence. Uh, in October 2015, in a talk called Behold Thy Mother, um, Jeffrey R. Holland said this, quote, uh, bear, born, carry, deliver. These are powerful, heartening, messianic words. They convey help and hope for safe movement from where we are to where we need to be, but cannot get without assistance. These words also connote burden, struggle, and fatigue, words most appropriate in describing the mission of him who, at unspeakable cost, lifts us up when we have fallen, carries us forward when strength is gone, delivers us safely home when safety seems far beyond our reach. Uh, close quote. So again, this is the mission. This is what our Saviour has done, the why he came to earth at this Christmas season. Um, because simply, we, can, we could not do it alone. Uh, and without his divine intervention, without his divine assistance in grace and mercy, uh, we, all of us, uh, would struggle. We, well, I say struggle, we wouldn't reach it, despite all the struggling we make. And I am personally so thankful for that. Uh, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed the study today. If there's anything that you've been studying along with this, along these lines, or any other lines, I'd love to hear it to be able to share in a future podcast episode at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter or email session at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and until we meet again.